Hello, this is Pastor Carl Gallops. Thank you for joining with me today as we walk through the Word of God. Today is a second part of a several-part series on the truth, the biblical truth and the scientific truth about homosexuality, and especially the falsehood that somehow the Bible actually supports homosexuality. Now, last week we discovered that literally from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible has a lot to say about homosexuality and that the Bible calls it sin from Old Testament to New Testament. Now, just as a quick synopsis, let me just give you three or four biblical truths that we discovered last week. The first biblical truth was that a practicing homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God. One who refuses to repent and to come out of this lifestyle that God calls evil. The second biblical truth that we discovered after examining the scriptures in their context, there is not a single instance of a positive thing said about homosexuality or a homosexual person anywhere in the scriptures. A third and profound biblical truth is that there is not a single instance anywhere in the scriptures of a homosexual relationship being uplifted as an example of godliness or God's plan for marriage. Not a single instance. And then another biblical truth. The Bible simply does not support homosexuality as a godly lifestyle or an acceptable alternative. But now I want to deal with another issue concerning homosexuality, especially within the Christian community. We often hear people say, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, therefore it must be okay. One of the most famous quotes, I think, regarding this comes from former President Jimmy Carter. As quoted in the Huffington Post back in 2012, Jimmy Carter is quoted as saying, quote, Jesus never said a word about homosexuality. In all of his teachings about multiple things, he never said that gay people should be condemned. I personally think it is very fine for gay people to be married in civil ceremonies. Well, the presence of homosexuality within world cultures is as old as the book of Genesis. It seems, however, though, that when God brings his judgment upon a culture concerning homosexuality, it's not so much because of the presence of individual homosexuals within that culture as it is because of the acceptance of or the celebration of the lifestyle within that culture. This certainly seems to have been the case for Sodom and Gomorrah as well as for the days of Noah just before the flood. Now, corresponding to the rise of the activist homosexual agenda in the United States particularly, is a teaching, as I said, that's permeating the Christian world. The argument is often stated that since Jesus never mentioned homosexuality, nor did he specifically condemn it, then homosexuality must be legitimate in Jesus' eyes. Emo Phillips, a famous American stand-up comedian, tells a joke that I believe addresses the mindset of that statement. When I was a kid, Emo says, I prayed every day for a bicycle. I never got one. Then I realized the Lord doesn't work that way. So I just stole one and I asked him to forgive me. (laughs) Emo Phillips has nailed the world's modus operandi on the head concerning this radical homosexual movement and the falsehoods that it portrays. In other words, if life doesn't fit what you think the Bible really says, then just do what you want to do anyway and then change the interpretation of what the Bible says. And that's exactly what has happened. So let's get to the question of the moment. Did Jesus ever condemn, discourse upon, or even give a passing mention to homosexuality? 
Of course, the one who espouses this false teaching that Jesus did not usually begins by saying that they discount both the Old Testament and the writings of the Apostle Paul, and they adhere only to the four Gospels. Well, how convenient. But in so doing, they think they have found a convenient way to justify the homosexual lifestyle from the Bible. First of all, the discombobulation that one must use to reach this illogical conclusion is absolutely astounding, and it ought to be the first dead giveaway of the falsehood of that proposition. But secondly, let us examine the question on its face. Did Jesus ever say anything in the four Gospels that would condemn the homosexual lifestyle or homosexual marriage? As it turns out, yes, he did say some things that would condemn the homosexual lifestyle. Let me begin with Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 5. In that passage, Jesus is answering a question from the Pharisees regarding divorce. However, his answer is quite revealing concerning the entire issue of sexuality, the purpose of sexuality, marriage, and the proper form of marriage. Following are the words of Jesus. And Jesus answered them and said unto them, Have you not read? that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You see, in this passage, Jesus upholds creation, male and female sexual relationships within a marriage, male and female marriage, and procreation as a part of male and female marriage, And he upholds the sanctity of male and female marriage and sexual relationships. His answer is a blanket and purposed ignoring of anything outside of God's standard for sexuality and marriage. This truth cannot be legitimately explained away. Certainly homosexuality existed within the Roman Empire in Jesus' day, but he didn't even mention it, didn't even come close to mentioning it when examining legitimate sexual relationships and legitimate marriage relationships. But Jesus becomes even more direct concerning the issue of homosexuality in the four Gospels. In John chapter 5, verses 46 through 47, Jesus tells his detractors that unless one holds to the writings of Moses, which are the first five books of the Bible, that one cannot fully know or understand the truth or Jesus himself. Here's what Jesus said. For had ye believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings... How shall ye believe my words? Of course, in the first five books of the Bible, which Jesus said you have to believe in order to understand him, we read of the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah, and we read the blanket condemnation of homosexuality as perversion. We find these in Genesis and Leviticus. Oh, well, so much for throwing out the Old Testament to legitimize homosexuality, because Jesus said you've got to have the Old Testament, particularly the first five books, in order to understand him and his teachings. But wait, Jesus spoke even more directly concerning the matter of homosexuality. Jesus pointedly addressed the destruction of the openly celebrating homosexuality, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Luke chapter 17, verses 28 through 32, and in Matthew chapter 10, verse 15, and chapter 11, verse 24, and in Mark chapter 6, verse 11, in these Bible verses, Jesus mentions the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah as an example of sin and why God is bringing his wrath. And the presenting sin that brought about the destruction of those cultures was homosexuality. We get our word sodomy from the specific sin presented in this portion of Scripture. 
Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, Jesus said, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Consider these words, these somber words found in the book of Jude. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, that, of course, is reference to homosexuality, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. That's from Jude chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. So three of the four Gospels contain quotes from Jesus about the sinful condition of Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction that the celebration of homosexuality wrought upon them. One of those quotes equates the sins of Sodom, which is homosexuality, to the same type of insidious perversion of Noah's day. In Luke chapter 17, the Bible says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So as it turns out, yes, Jesus did speak rather forthrightly and often about the sin of homosexuality. He also spoke clearly about the judgment that homosexuality brings upon societies that celebrate the twisting of God's perfect plan for sexuality and that celebrate the twisting of God's word. But most important to this discussion is the matter of the person of Jesus Christ himself. Since we are concerned with what he said or did not say about this matter of homosexuality, we must ask, who is Jesus in the first place? Well, and here is what is important. Jesus claimed to be God with us. The scriptures claim that Jesus is God with us. The first words of the book of Matthew in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The first words of the gospel of John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if Jesus is God with us, then we have to ask, does God? God condemn homosexuality anywhere in his word because Jesus is the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So the question is, does God or does God's word anywhere condemn homosexuality? The answer is obvious. From Genesis to Revelation, homosexuality is condemned and it's presented as a certain sign that God's judgment is promised to the culture that openly celebrates the lifestyle as normal and twists the word of God concerning it. I say may God have mercy upon us, and may God have mercy upon denominations and pastors and leaders within churches who have spoken these unbiblical words over their people, who have tried to justify a sinful lifestyle, who have used the argument even as Jimmy Carter did, that Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, therefore it must be okay. I am reminded of those sad words of judgment upon the preachers and the pastors of the days of Jeremiah. In those days just before God brought down his wrath and destroyed Israel and carried the people off into captivity because they had rejected God's word and the pastors and the preachers were guilty of twisting the word of God among the people. From Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. 
The pastors have also healed the hurt of my people only slightly by saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they even know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punished them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. And from Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 21, God says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But had they stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Sobering words for pastors and for leaders of God's people. Now for the good news. Once we understand the correct and contextual biblical position in this matter, we also discover that homosexuality is not the unforgivable sin. There is hope, there is healing, there is forgiveness, and there is salvation for anyone caught in the grips of any sinful lifestyle, even homosexuality. Jesus Christ extends his love and his forgiveness to anyone. The Bible says if one would repent or turn away from their sin and call upon him as Lord, just like the woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8, the repentant homosexual can then hear Jesus say, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. There is hope, there is healing, there is forgiveness at the foot of the cross. Jesus' hands are extended. If you are listening to this today and you're struggling with this particular sin, or you know someone who is, I pray that God has used this now to equip you with the truth so that you can minister the truth of the love of Jesus to them. This has been a word for you from the Word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.